You are listening to episode 232 of This is Type 1. Today, Jesse and I are talking about our support systems. So first off, like the definition of a support system, I would call these the people, the tools, and the environment around you that all help you manage your diabetes on a day-to-day basis. It can include your care team, the diabetes online community, in-person type 1 diabetes relationships, so people you know in your in your town or in your workplace or your school, places like that. It's also your spouse and your partners, whether they have diabetes or not, they are definitely in your support system, especially if they are actually supportive, because I know some of you have spouses or partners who are not supportive. I would not count those people in your support system if they are not supportive. So that is the caveat. And then support systems can also include content that you consume about type 1 diabetes whether it's through this podcast, other podcasts, the Diabetes Link Resource Hub, which we have an episode on a few weeks ago, months ago, whatever at this point, books by type 1 diabetics, resources from online blogs like Diatribe or Connected in Motion, and other diabetes foundations. So all of these, to me, are support systems. Jesse, what would you include in addition to those? Basically, I would include like your friends who know you have diabetes or like other diabetic friends. Like Colleen is definitely in my support system. If something happens, I know she understands and she gets it. So somebody who kind of can understand on that level, I think is very important. The ability to share with others. So like having maybe not necessarily a diabetic friend or something, somebody like that, but having trust in somebody else and having that confidence to share stuff about diabetes, stuff about your life. So a friend or somebody that you can go to with open feelings of sharing, like you can share with them is basically what I'm getting at. I would also consider therapists and counselors as like a tool or a resource that you can use that will always be within your support system. Like their jobs are to support and to give advice and tools to help. And then definitely online support groups, people, Instagram feeds, TikTok accounts, social media, I think is a really good tool that we can use too and count as a support system for people who don't have that face-to-face or don't have necessarily somebody else that they can go and talk to. Yeah. I think the biggest question people would have at this point is then how to find or develop support systems if you don't really have one in place right now. I think it's kind of a tiered system from when you're first diagnosed. And then as you get more familiar with the community and the resources and like the medical side of things, then you start building it up from there. Uh, So from that perspective, it starts with doctors and diabetes educators, though, as we've seen for years, your mileage may vary on the efficacy of those individuals upon diagnosis. So if you're diagnosing physician apparently does not know what they're talking about, you can fire them. You can find a new one. Uh, Don't be afraid to pursue that if you need to. Getting your medical team in place can take a while, especially if you do have to fire your doctor if they're not a good fit. Sometimes there will be doctors that you only see once or twice a year. These are going to be eye doctors and dentists. Those are the ones that pop to mind immediately. But everybody does need to be talking to each other. That means your dentist and your ophthalmologist need to be sending your files to your endocrinologist so that everybody has like all of your diabetes information in one place. And this is made simpler nowadays by platforms like MyChart, especially if all of your doctors are in the same hospital network. That is nice. 
But if they're not, then you have to do records requests and medical releases of information. And that's the, those are things that your doctor's offices can provide forms for. And then they will do the work of getting those medical records transferred. And if they don't do the work, then yes, it does fall on your plate. And it probably involves a lot of back and forth with your doctor, the new doctor, and fax machines. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Most doctor's offices still have fax machines and it boggles the mind. So that's that's something to be aware of. Another way to find and develop your support systems is to be open to trying new things. And this could be joining multiple online communities, deciding after you've been in there for a while, whether you like the vibe or not, talking to new people, making friends with other people with type 1 diabetes. I can confirm that making friends as an adult when you are not in college is a lot harder than as a kid or a teen or a college student. But it really is worth it to find the people that you really connect with and who understand your struggles as a type 1 diabetic. Communicating with all of the people in your support network is essential. So if your partner doesn't know what you need in a moment of your diabetes like absolutely sucking, then they can't help. So please talk to all of the people who are in your network about like what are your needs at any given moment and like prepare them for like if you call in the middle of the night and you're crying because your blood sugar is 400 and your your sight is kinked, then um, they would understand and not be like, do I have to call the hospital? It's like, no, I just want to vent. So prepare people. Jesse, what do you have to add for this one? I think when it comes to developing a support system, talking to people is huge. Like you, you should, if you have a problem and you recognize there's a problem, talking to people like friends and reaching out is really important. Because they're also going to want to come to you too for like friends specifically is like you can lean on somebody and they can lean on you too. I think that's really important when it comes to diabetes. When you have like another diabetic friend, you guys really understand each other on that level. And then being open to what they suggest is very huge too. So like if you vent that you have a problem and they say like, well, I this is what I did to help with this issue and listening to that, that's huge. Like that can be very influential on like how you're managing your diabetes and how mental health, how that can affect your mental health too, knowing that they are also going to have solutions or like some type of solution that could really benefit you too. Another one that I do is ask what others do. So if I have a problem with like, say my site is kinked and I have to go to Medtronic or something happened, I have to go to Medtronic and I can always ask my friend of like, hey, what did you do to get past, you know, the hours and hours of being on hold and not being listened to and then going through insurance and all of this extra paperwork. Sometimes just having somebody sit with you or like going to a coffee shop and doing that can be really beneficial. On that note, if you are under age 26 and you're still on your parents' insurance and you are having a really hard time getting insurance to listen to you, have your parents call insurance with you. I remember when I was in my first job and I was having a heck of a time getting insurance to actually understand one of my problems. I had my mom come in on like a three-way call with insurance and she helped solve the issue because she was able to keep her emotional bearings when I was just like sitting on the other end on mute, like furious and like halfway in tears because this person on the other end of the call wasn't understanding. Having a parent or an advocate with you on those phone calls can really help. Yeah, so definitely having like, and going back to like your support system too is really important, like parents and family and people who can help, who want to help. Just asking them for help is is really important too and developing like a bigger sense of community for yourself. 
And then I like to see a counselor when I feel like I need like extra help or like extra tools that I don't know how to solve a problem on my own. And they have the tools. They have the tools. They're meant to be there to give you the tools that you need to help. And sometimes those tools do exactly what they're supposed to do. And sometimes you just need different ones that you don't have by yourself. And they're there to give you advice and help help with that stuff. So next on our list here is troubleshooting your systems and moving on when systems don't seem to be serving you anymore. So reason, season, lifetime. This is how I'm going to kind of preface this. Relationships are in your life for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. And this is why sometimes our best friends in elementary school or high school are no longer friends in college or afterward. And the same is going to be true for your support systems. So. What supported you through your first years of diagnoses, through your first years of diagnosis, might not have the same kind of rigor that you need in the next stage. So a great example might be like a diabetes Facebook group that you joined immediately after you learned that you have type 1. That might help you really, really a lot for maybe the first year, six months to a year. But maybe as like as more people come in and the conversations evolve, you see that it's really more geared toward people who have just joined. They have like no idea what they're doing. And maybe you decide to stay in there to be one of those helpful mentors to help shepherd people through the process. Or you might find it just really depressing and a downer. And that might be your signal to exit from the Facebook group, whether gracefully or not, that is up to you. But once you find that a system is not working, identify why. This goes back to evaluation, which we talked about in previous episodes. What is working? What isn't working? And what do you want to do differently? Sometimes you just have a gut feeling that something isn't right. And I would say that is your signal to move on. That's what happened with uh, the primary doctor that I tried out in March of last year. I felt like he was dismissing my concerns. Spoiler alert, he was. And so therefore, I just, I couldn't trust him to be in charge of my medical needs, which is really important as a person with type 1 diabetes. So I had no obligation to return. And like, I am well within my rights to find a different doctor. So I did. Jesse, what do you have for this one? So troubleshooting's always been an issue for me when it comes to like having problems with my support system. Because sometimes I don't, I'm too involved to see the bigger picture so taking some time and just sitting and reflecting on the issue and like another big thing is like reflecting on the emotions that are coming with that issue so sometimes you can't put a word to it or like can't put a finger on like what is actually bothering you until you have to sit with it for like five or ten minutes and you're like oh this is the issue that i'm having and this is why i'm upset and this is what i am feeling so consciously recognizing that stuff is huge for me and that just takes Sometimes just sitting, sometimes just taking a second and like reflecting on what the problem is. And then talking to someone, like usually friends and family and stuff like that, I will talk out my issue or I'll I'll call up my mom and be like, Hey, I'm having a problem. Can I talk through this with you really fast? And just having her listen or say, like, I think this is the part of this that's bothering you is huge. So like with me changing my major. I called her a bunch of times and I was like, I think I should change my major, but I'm not really sure why or to what, but I know I'm not happy doing this thing. 
okay, well, what do you like to do? What's your interest? What is something that makes you happy? And so we talked through it. It wasn't just like a one conversation kind of a thing. It was bouncing ideas back and forth between her and I and figuring out like, I wasn't very happy doing mechanical engineering, but I was so much more happier like helping people on like a more personal basis and why I changed physical therapy because it has those science elements to it and like the constructive building or rebuilding of a person. And I still got to have the changes that I needed to be happier and feel more accomplished and like more ability to thrive in a different career than if I stuck with engineering, which is awesome. I think that's great. And that being said, it was my family who I was talking to. So the people who generally understand me best, know my background the most or most in depth and talking to them or talking to my friend Kennedy. She's really awesome about this stuff. She'll I'll call her up and be like, hey, so I'm having this problem. She's like, well, it sounds like this is the solution. And it sounds like you just needed to hear it. And I'm like, well, you're, you're right. And I do the same for her. Just having that like third party, just say that maybe you didn't want to hear this, but this is the solution that is the best thing. For me, I really like when it comes to troubleshooting and moving on, I like to just sit and meditate on something for a minute. So like, taking five minutes, taking 10 minutes and thinking about it, like consciously thinking about what the issue is and identifying things is huge for me. And that also helps with like the moving on process of reconnecting, like, what do I need to do? Okay, this is what I need to do. And then just having the calm and like just consciously thinking about stuff really helps me. And then something that's huge that I noticed when it comes to identifying a problem in an environment is getting out of that environment. So say I work at a coffee shop. I really like where I work. But if I didn't, well, let me go to a different coffee shop, sit in there, see the environment that they all have. And do I need to change my job? Do I need to do something else? And then taking time out of your normal environment and like being somewhere else and seeing like, well, this is how I feel about it. And this is what I need to do to move on from it. Is really huge. Overall, though, I would say listen to your gut. When your gut tells you that there's something wrong, that is your body's way of telling you that you need to listen to me and there is something wrong and you're not going to like the end of it. I don't know. That's just what I think. <laughs> yeah. Don't ignore your intuition. That That's trying to tell you something, even if you can't like articulate it and you don't really consciously know what it is. Your body is sensing threats before your brain does. So I would always say trust your intuition. So my support systems, just going to go through a list of uh, people, things, places, stuff like that. So it starts off with my husband, obviously, because I spend literally the most time of my life with him. And he is the one who checks my blood sugar in the middle of the night to make sure it's not going too high or too low, especially if I've had kind of um, a rough day that day. And uh, so he is always at the top of, of my support system list. This podcast is a support system. Jesse, as my co-host, we've been doing this for so long now, uh, researching it, connecting with guests, just meeting up every couple of weeks to record. It's really nice to connect and like talk about that time where we both had really stupid high blood sugars the week of Christmas. <laughs> so it's just nice to, to be able to kind of like laugh about that and be like, yep, yep, we both, we both know what's going on. My care team, I would say my current endocrinologist in Washington, my dentist, my eye doctor, my gynecologist, uh, my new primary here in Montana my new endo coming up in Montana, and then a dermatologist, like, like all of the doctor, like, ists 
that you end up collecting as you get older. Everybody in your doctor team, those are all support systems. I also consider my trainers at Boxing and Orange Theory as part of my support systems because when I first started going to both, I like I had to tell them I have this condition, like I have type 1 diabetes. This is what I'm going to do if something happens. And what's really fun is at Orange Theory, I think the owners have a type 1 kid. And so they already stock like low snacks in the back for people, like if somebody needs them. I haven't needed them so far because I always bring Smarties with me. But just knowing that the staff knows that I have type 1, the staff like has experience with somebody with type 1, and the staff has things to help if you crash, that's all really, uh, really nice. I also consider uh, the different recovery things that I do as part of my support system because it supports my mental health. That includes cryotherapy, leg compression, infrared sauna. Those are all at my cryo place. I also got an acupressure mat for Black Friday. And it is as uncomfortable as it sounds when you first lie down on it. But the like the blood flow, like the increased blood flow to where the spikes are pressing into your skin on the back very quickly turns it into this like, oh, this is actually kind of relaxing. And so like the longest I've been on this on this mat has been like almost 50 minutes because I was listening to meditations on it. And it just, it just goes by really quickly, because all you're focusing on is the meditation and the warmth on your back once you're doing it. So that's, that's really fun. I haven't been able to do it recently because of my hand surgery. Yes, I am still recovering from that at the time of this recording. But once I am able to actually like lift myself up with this hand again, then I will definitely be getting back into that. So and then I also just include meditation on this list, because why not? It's very helpful. Another one of my support systems, I would consider Connected in Motion, who runs the Colorado Slipstream among all of their other Slipstreams, and then the Diabetes Link. So I love that we have connected with both of these organizations. I love that I know people at both of these organizations, and I love that I've met people from like both of these organizations. So I, I consider both of them part of my uh, support system now. And then, of course, real-life type 1 diabetes friends like Lauren, Ryan, Katie, Katrina, Brittany, Tyler, like all of my Panther Camp peeps from back in the day. If you heard your name, yes, I am probably talking about you. I consider you my support system. So, yeah. Another important support system are my tools, which are my pump and my CGM. If I did not have either, I would not be as good of a type I guess I am right now. I've said this before, but if I had to give up one of my pieces of tech, I would give up the pump because the data from the CGM is just so valuable. But together, they they are my frontline defense for blood sugars and stuff like that. Insurance is also part of my support system as much as it's a fight sometimes to get the care that I need. Kind of related to this, because my insurance doesn't cover Novolog, which is stupid, and I have thoughts about that. Because of that, though, I use a service called Canadian Insulin. I think it's canadianinsulin.com. And my endo sends a script to them and I get my Novolog. It's actually called Nova Rapid in Canada. It's called Nova Rapid in every every country except America. So my, bo- my, my Novolog bottles actually say Nova Rapid on them because I'm prescribed Nova Rapid. Yeah, so I get that from Canada because my insurance won't cover Novolog. But I would definitely consider Canadian Insulin as part of my support system because... If I didn't have them, then I would be paying 10 times more out of pocket for insulin than I am, which sucks, but you know, we have to deal with it. I also consider extended family and friends my support system. And then just a couple other places that like not necessarily diabetes related, but I feel comfortable telling these people that 
maybe I'm having a bad diabetes day or I don't feel great and like maybe I'm not going to show up as well as usual. And they would understand. And that is my writing group through Tally Inc. and the 60-Day Novel Writing Challenge and then my business coach. So these are both people and groups of people. My coach runs an academy for, for coaches and entrepreneurs. So I'm surrounded by other people who have different problems than me, but because we're friends and basically colleagues in some sense, I do feel comfortable saying, hey, like I had a, a terrible day today and here's why. And even if they don't understand what how it feels being a type 1 diabetic, they understand and are empathetic to what I'm going through. So it's really nice to have all those support systems with me. What about you, Jesse? What are yours? So you named off a bunch and then I realized I have to add more too. So my list, like as you were talking, my list just kept getting longer and longer. So I'm just going to name these off really fast because it got, I don't know, it got longer than I thought it would be, which is so good because I feel like your support system should be big and it should be filled with people that you respect and that people respect you and you guys would go the extra mile for each other. And I think that's very important. So for me, it's my family, which I feel like is a given. My parents and my brother are awesome. And like all of my extended family is very supportive and they would do anything for me and I would do anything for them. The Diabetes Link, Colleen said this earlier, they are so funny on Instagram and on TikTok and just knowing that there's other people out there who are going through the exact same thing I am on a daily basis is so wonderful to know. It Diabetes sucks sometimes, but sometimes those videos that they post or like facts that they do, they're so funny and it just makes my day sometimes like so much better. My friends, they're huge. I love them so much. I of course would do anything for them and same they would do anything for me and their families specifically like Ellie and Kennedy and Kylie and Taylor are amazing people. And I know that they would always have my back and I would always have their back. My diabetic friend who always looks out for me and I always look out for her. I was in the hospital recently and she was the one who picked me up and drove me home and was like, do you have everything? Do you need anything? I'm leaving town tomorrow. Here's my phone number. My mom is going to make sure that you're okay too. And all of this stuff and just making sure that she is incredible as a human being. I love her so much. And of course, she she's probably going to listen to this and be like, why did you say all these nice things about me? You know you didn't need to do that. And I'm just going to tell her, yes, I did. <laughs> my pump and my CGM. Also the same as Colleen. I would give up my pump first rather than my CGM because my CGM is so awesome. And I'd rather know my blood sugar 100% of the time than have an insulin drip on me 100% of the time. I would also consider my bosses and my coaches role models because they have seen me go through pretty much everything through college and high school and they're very supportive. And I really look to a lot of my bosses in the past for advice in life and what they would do and how they would handle life situations. And they're amazing and awesome. So to my bosses and coaches, I love you guys so much. You guys are definitely my role models. Going to the gym and like being in that day and age that we are of like everybody in the gym is awesome. There's not super, yes, the gym is intimidating. It always will be, but it's so much less so than it was like five, 10 years ago when people were like clicky or like too much, or at least at my gym atmosphere, no one's really like that. So I love going to the gym. Also the hospital and nurses and doctors that I go see 
when I have appointments or when I have emergencies come up, I know that they are always going to be nice to me in there and that they're always going to have a level of understanding of what's going on, that I'm a person and they don't necessarily always treat the symptoms. They treat me as a human being too and make sure that I'm okay. And that's huge. That goes so much further than just being treated like an IV bag. It's amazing to see them work and care so much about me as a person rather than just a patient. And then also the calendar and the notebook that I use, I have two different things. I have a calendar that I use, a paper calendar that is like two inches thick that goes weekly and daily schedules. And then I use a notebook to always write down the goals I want to achieve for that day. And I base, oh, here's what I have to do in my calendar. And then I write it down in my notebook. And then in my notebook, I also write down all of the extra stuff that I have to do. So like laundry, going to the gym. Oh, I've got this class schedule. Oh, I see. I have a homework assignment that's coming up in my calendar. Let me write that down in my notebook to get done. And it just, I love the system that I have for myself. <laughs> and then when I also need it, I go and talk to a counselor or a therapist about some extra tools that will make my life easier. Or just to go and talk and see like an opinion or a perspective that I might not be seeing for myself and getting like an objective understanding of like what's going on and how I can better understand myself and help help me with life. So yeah, that's my support system. I love it. So your support systems are going to probably look different from ours, but also similar. What matters is identifying your support system so that you know who you can go to when things are hard and who you can go to when things are awesome. Maybe they're the same people. It would be awesome if they're the same people. And that could be like a spouse or a friend if you want to find somebody who you can go to for both the good and the bad, probably a spouse or a friend. But without support systems, it is really easy to lose sight of your health and to think that you're alone in this. But you are not alone in this. There are millions of people with type 1 diabetes around the world who are experiencing the same things that you are. And that's what makes community so important. So if you need help figuring out where to start with your support systems, send us a message. We will do our best to help guide you. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.